3: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
4: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
5: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
6: Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
7: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
6: Fox Sports Radio, greetings. Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. And uh, we are... Into the middle of the second quarter, Clippers Nuggets. The Nuggets have made their first basket of the game. All right, all right. It just it just feels that way. Thirty four nineteen. The Clippers are uh, thumping the Nuggets right now. Uh, we got to the midway point late late in the first quarter, and Nikola Jokic was the only Nugget with a field goal uh, to tell you how dominant that the Clippers have been so far. Uh, Long so we'll road keep... begins with that first step, Smith. Come on now. It is. It sometimes your first step is like I have a bad first step. I got to make up for it later on. Like I. I need some moves. I need to do something. I need to, you know, make sure I move my hips better because yeah, if you don't have a good first step, that's what happens to you. Oh.
1: Well, it's like Chubbs
6: said in Happy Gilmore: "It's
1: all in the hips. Mm-hmm. It's all in the <laughs> hips." That's also for the slide over baby hour, but we'll get to that later on. What's going on, man? Less than twenty-four hours, we're going to be talking about National Football League oh, live and living color game one of two
6: fifty-six. It is NFL Eve Eve. Well, it's actually NFL Eve right now. Tomorrow we'll be talking about the first game. We'll preview the first game of the year. We'll preview the Texans and the Chiefs coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll give you our thoughts, what we're looking at, because we are here. We made it. This is the last night without football. Knock wood. This is the last night without a football season starting. All the way through the end of the year now, so this is we're hoping. Like I said, no one to knock Whenever you say something like that, uh, this is where we're at. We made it. We're here. We made it to the football season. It is awesome. It is here. It is spectacular. Uh, Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike at swollen dome. And uh, you know, get your thoughts in all night here and throughout the rest of the week. We'll be giving you our Super Bowl picks. We'll be giving you our our previews. Teams we're believing in. Teams we're not believing in. Uh, so we have all that, but first thing i want to do tonight buddy before i get into a take that's so incredibly hot it's going to melt the airways i can already tell i can already tell
1: okay Uh, i want to say
6: already it's i i am sorry because i was really pulling i was looking forward to seeing your celtics win tonight so your celtics and my heat could definitively play in the eastern conference finals the two teams we picked to go to the finals my heat your celtics but we watched toronto pull out a thriller in double overtime, 125 to 122. The end of regulation was not a lot of fun, not a lot to ride home about, but the Raptors in double OT, thanks to 33 from Kyle Lowry, 21, 9, and 7 from Fred Van Vliet. They beat the Celtics, who had 31 from Jalen Brown, 29 from Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum, first thing I want to say is, my goodness, Jason Tatum's a terrific player. You know how much I love Jason Tatum. Sure. He is fantastic. But my goodness, the night he had tonight, near triple-double, 29-14-9, he had three absolutely killer turnovers at the end of the fourth quarter in overtime that helped the Raptors seal this thing away. And, and these weren't just, oh, man, he got stuck with two guys. This was, what are you doing? He, he almost threw the ball to Nick Nurse. I think he was trying to pass it to him on, on the one turnover well, I don't at think the end Nick of the Nurse fourth quarter. Nick should
1: have been in that spot. That's a whole other Ugh. fight that was going on between the teams there's coaches were kind of floating out of where they were supposed to be in their quote unquote coaches' boxes, but uh that being said, you're right, I mean, there were a couple of drives into the lane, you know even if you're getting bodied, they were allowing the poke check to happen much like you were you know skating. Uh, on the ice in the NHL playoffs, same kind of idea. You're going to take a little bit of a body bump, and they're not going to give you the call. And ball protection, you know, we're going to talk about it a lot with the National Football League starting. I mean, down the stretch, that's it. It's all about ball security. Extend the Mm. possession if you need to. Bring it back out. Trying to go and split two guys, fast, active hands, and you saw Powell and and. Kyle Lowry, I mean, just too good in terms of getting the quick poke in uh, on the drive. So we go to game seven. I was really hoping to celebrate it and say, all right, we made it, and then start making all sorts of nonsensical bets.
6: But we'll have to wait Mm. until Friday for that now. I was hoping so for you, but I really was. I was saying, oh, my God, the Celtics are going to win this game. And and then Jason Tatum has a bad turnover, and then he has another one, and then he has another one. It's like DJ Khaled was announcing another one, another one, another (laughs) another one. And another one, uh, but this has been some kind of series so far. And this gets into a take. This is, this is this is the hot take. I freely admit this is a hot take. But seeing where the Raptors are at right now, okay? Here they are sitting. You know, they're going to Game Seven mm-hmm. in the East Semis. They won 53 games during the regular season. It was You're a phenomenal say year for them. Crazy. They could have been close That would have been close to 60. Probably would have won at least 60. I ask you this, and, and this is, again, this is going to be of the Steph Curry being a great system player kind of take. <laughs> I ask you this Is Kawhi Leonard an all time great NBA star? Or is Kawhi Leonard, now looking at the Raptors' success, or is Kawhi Leonard a player who is the best player on loaded teams, who fills in the holes and is more of a put you over the top guy than an all time great? All right. Now this is not He's does the cleaner I mean he, he's this hard to tell. Yeah this is not His Kawhi over it. But what Just how great is he Is he Because we look at it And go look at Kawhi He won with the Spurs He brought the Toronto Raptors A title in one year Kawhi's a terrific player Same thing I said About Steph Curry Hey Steph Curry Terrific player But in Steve Kerr's system He went from being An all-star player Hey he was pretty He was an all-star caliber player And suddenly he's scoring 33 a game He's the greatest shooter In NBA history This is a guy that was In the league for six years Would he have still been that guy if steve curry didn't show up probably not he'd be a guy hoisting up points he would have some big nights now and then but this is kind of who steph curry was and here comes steve curry in his system and look where steph curry is at right now greatest shooter in the history of the nba look how great steph curry is right Kawhi leonard as good as he has been right and he's a star is he an all-time great or is he an over-the-top kind of guy? When the Spurs won in 2014, he was a terrific young player, but that was a loaded team. right? That's a loaded team that beat the Heat to win the NBA Finals. The year he leaves San Antonio, San Antonio wins one more game they did the year before without Kawhi Leonard. right? Now, San Antonio this year was bad. They break their playoff string. But the year after Kawhi left, they won 47 games with Kawhi his final year. He leaves the next year they won 48. All right, so then he goes to Toronto. Toronto wins the championship. Look how great things are. Look at where Toronto is right now. Toronto's a game away from being back in the East Finals, and you can't even say that this is a Raptors team that looks like they're overachieving. I mean, I don't look at this team and go, boy, they're missing something. You look at, you look at them and go, they got everything they need. They, you know, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are, are dominating in the backcourt. Pascal Siakam, we were anointing him as a superstar last year. He's still playing that well. Anu is terrific. Look at Powell coming off the bench tonight. Not that, you know, not that Norman Powell does this all the time, but still, he's a guy that scored 17 points a game this year. Uh, Toronto is a loaded team, and it was, oh, they're going to be in the lottery, they're going to be terrible. But without Kawhi, they have gone on to a season that people wanted to kind of disrespect and say, well, yeah, how good are the Raptors really? This is a team bereft of the super-duper stars. They had the one superstar last year in Kawhi who put them over the top. And, but here they are with so much talent right here. Could another guy have come in, another star have come in and put the Raptors over the top? I think he could have. You know this is not to say Kawhi's not a great player, but there's a lot of great players in the NBA. And when you see how teams are playing, how they how the Raptors are playing this year without him, is Kawhi Leonard that kind of guy. Look at the Clippers this year. Clippers have a great <laughs> roster. Right? Clippers are terrific. Who, was, yeah. who did they bring in Kawhi to be? The over the top guy. Let's get us to Do we need that star to come in and get us over the top to a championship. So is Kawhi an all-time great, or is, is that the kind of player he is? Now, I know people are going to take this and go, oh, Jason Smith says Kawhi stinks. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Kawhi Leonard stinks. No, I think but that's kind of what you said. In the Right, exactly. In the pantheon of NBA stars, we, we, you know, we, we anoint Kawhi as, hey, he's as good as everybody else. It's Kawhi and LeBron. And also, okay, uh, when LeBron left the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers were terrible, absolutely terrible. Kawhi's teams he has left have been okay without him. Okay, look at, look at Kevin Durant. What happened when he left the Warriors? They stunk. Even before Steph Curry got hurt, they stunk. Steph Curry couldn't carry that team without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant leaves, and you saw what happened to the Warriors. And it was, wow, they're in the lottery now, and oh, but they, they got to they try to revamp this thing, losing him. You see when great players, when players are that big, when they have that kind of an impact on a team and they leave, those teams are terrible, and they go in the tank. So was, was Kawhi Leonard really, was he really that great? Or was he, boy, he was that guy that got you over the top? And that's and what he did with the Spurs. Well, it's what he did with the, with the Raptors now, and it's what they're hoping he does with the, with the Clippers. He
1: is the epitome of what I've talked about for coaching all this time. That guy that you, you like and he gets you to point A to point B. Hi, Mark Jackson. Uh, and and he <laughs> inserts so many other guys along the way, and then you just say, hey, this doesn't work. Right? Even look in, in Chicago. They, they needed Phil to become the guy. And it still took some time to make that into the juggernaut it became on, with Jordan Pippen and the like, right? And for all of that to mesh and, and take off. So, yeah, I mean, some would uh, have Kawhi as a top five all-time talent if somehow the Clippers win. Now, for degree of difficulty, I guess you get the bonus in that you took the Raptors and the Clippers to that level of excellence, you know, and, and that next level. But you, your point's well taken. I don't think it's as scorching a take. Well, at least not to me. But I I border on (laughs) rationality most times, Uh, contrary to what some folks might say on Twitter. At Swollen Dome, thanks for for shouting out the love uh, so far. Uh, And and how about a fresco for Jason? San Antonio was always good. They were always contenders. Okay, so got the chip, moved on. Toronto, you, you look at how scrappy these guys are. Remember, he stole an MVP when he shouldn't have. And that was Fred van Vliet's award so let let's call that what it is while we're at it right <laughs> our guy that we cheered probably more than anybody uh, watching that that team uh, get over the top so yeah i I, th- I think there there's something to your philosophy here uh it's it won't sit well with the NBA folks that want to declare him the best ever while the best ever or I should say the best currently right. Well, LeBron's still showing you, hey, you know what, I can still get up and down, I'll mean mug and and, and battle in, and he's playing tough and getting to the rack and, and all of those things, putting his Clyde Drexler moves in all the time. The best guy playing didn't play this year. He was off playing catch at Manhattan Beach, I guess, earlier today, uh, you know, as people came by to say hello. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm having a catch. Leave me alone. I'm on the sand and having a catch. And that's Kevin Durant. So (laughs) it'll be curious as as I watch Kawhi hit shot after shot in this burial of the uh, Nuggets here to to see what kind of reaction this gets you on Twitter. I can't wait. I got popcorn popping already. But it's hard to to not say that that's the case with those two teams in particular.
6: It's great. I like it. And it's counterintuitive. It's good stuff. It's it's just it's the Raptors should not if the Raptors were really well look at Kawhi and look at what he did okay not and, and it's almost like Kawhi is like a great hired gun like hey we need somebody let's go get Kawhi because he'll what what Kawhi well, that's does why I call him the
1: cleaner he's Keitel, man look he clean look he we got he, a Bonnie situation.
6: You know, my, my, my cousin likes to say uh, she likes ice cream. And I go, why is your favorite food? She goes, because no matter how full I am, I eat because it fills in the cracks in my body. Like, as ice cream just melts, and fills in the cracks, and it's good. I'm like, okay. And you can look at Kawhi and say, is he a fill-in-the-cracks guy? Is he a guy that will say, okay. Because, look, you, you see how smart he is when he plays. He's a guy that makes the play the team needs at that time. And he's, a, he's kind of a fill-in-the-cracks kind of guy. It, when A night where he needs to go for 35, he goes for 35. Another night where I don't need to go for 35, but defensively, I need to step up here and get out of the perimeter and do that. He, he does that. He's a guy that fills in those cracks, and he's a, a, a put-you-over-the-top kind of player. Now, you take a lot of stars. You take Kawhi Leonard away from the Clippers. You take him away from the Raptors. Take him away, especially seeing what we've seen now at the Raptors. If you put another similar star in that situation, could those teams have won the championship? Of course they could have. I look, who should have been the NBA, the MVP of the NBA Finals last year? Not Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard disappeared in the fourth quarter of the clinching game. Fred Van Vliet should have been the MVP. That's what the I said, man. Bang that last year. Look, the defensive job he did last year, uh, being able to win and, and scoring uh, – Fred Van Vliet was terrific. Kawhi Leonard has had a lot of games where he has disappeared, just like LeBron has had games where he's disappeared, just like nights where KD can't shoot and everybody goes crazy, killing LeBron and killing KD. Oh, you're invisible here, you're visible here. But games, Kawhi's invisible. Nobody says anything. Why? Because Kawhi doesn't say anything. He's not a guy that puts himself out there like LeBron and like Kevin Durant does. And when you put yourself out there, you leave yourself open to being uh, to being criticized and being polarizing. And so, so when Kawhi disappears, wow, well, oh boy. Kawhi had a bad game. Uh, well, hopefully next game. What, what, what do you mean? LeBron's got to be saying, what do you mean hopefully next game? If I shot four for 15 and scored 13 points and we lost by 20, I wouldn't be able to leave my house until we played the next game and won by 30 and I scored 45 points. So it, it's really, it's not a fair assessment because Kawhi doesn't get the criticism, but it's because of the personality that he's never a guy that has the spotlight, goes out and says, hey, listen, this is kind of where, you know, this is the kind of person I am. So I understand that part of it, but to be fair with everything that's gone on, if you want to talk about his him as an all-time great. Uh, these are the things that he has done. These are how his team has done without him, and especially you look at the Raptors, how they're faring, boy, suddenly you see them in the Eastern Conference Finals, that is not a surprise. You see them in the NBA Finals, it's not a surprise. So just know, other people are going to take this take, right? Other, I know other people are going to take this, and it's going to, if the Raptors win and get on to the final, people are going to take this, go, oh, how's Kawhi? You're going to see it on TV, you're going to see it everywhere, but just know this is where you heard it, like you hear most things, and then you see him on, on, on TV the next day. Uh, I but th- th- that, that's a thing that that's a that's a legit question to ask about Kawhi Leonard. Is he an all time great or is the or is he the other kind of star? That's well, what it is. And, and you saw
1: how much with a couple of bad games, uh, the world imploded on Paul George. Kawhi, yeah yeah i can d- d- take nights off and and others you know just to boost the argument i mean the uh, d- d- nights off and nobody really cares so <laughs> a literal nights off uh, but tonight it was about norman powell and his 23 points it was about kyle lowry who probably has plenty of uh court burns for the number of times he was diving and flailing after loose balls down mm-hmm. the stretch Not often do you win a game when you're shooting 43.6% from the field, but they get it done tonight and force a game seven.
6: Twitter at HowAboutAFresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. I want to tell you that now is the time to celebrate. Football's finally back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited to kick off the football season. DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs this Thursday's football contest. Getting in on Thursday night's single-game showdown is easy. All you got to do is download DraftKings using the promo code JS. That's my initials, J-S. You draft six players from the season opener. You stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now and start making it rain. That's rain, R-E-I-G-N. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using my code J-S will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That is pretty cool. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. This is your call to action. Download the DraftKings app now use code js for a limited time new users can get a free shot at the one million dollar top prize and three million dollars in total prizes don't miss this extra special week one bonus enter code js to get a free shot at the one million dollar top prize with your first deposit that's code js my initials js only at DraftKings. make it rain minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details draftkings.com draftkings.com for details. Coming up next, we'll keep you updated on the NBA, what's going on with the Clippers, with Kawhi's Clippers and the Denver Nuggets, as the Nuggets have cut this lead to 10, but we will preview and give you our picks for tomorrow's season opening game. Chiefs and Texans keep it right here. Fox. Be
7: sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And right now, well, the Denver Nuggets have gotten their sea legs under them a bit after getting their doors blown. You are only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Uh, Early on in this game, they have closed to within eight at halftime. Clippers lead the Nuggets 48-40. This has not been a pretty game. There's not been a lot of made shots, uh, but the Nuggets at least making this a game. Kawhi Leonard leads the way with 17 uh, for the Clippers. Meanwhile, Nikola Jokic has 12. For the Nuggets, we'll keep you updated on this game throughout. Hopefully, we get some more made baskets and it becomes a better game. (laughs) But uh, we are at NFL Eve. And and considering we we, we had the big uh, conversation on Kawhi a few minutes ago that we're going to continue to have throughout the show tonight... Tomorrow opens up the NFL season. It is snuck up on everybody. Uh, it's hard to read about your teams and think how players are doing. Well, was, does this mean Darnold is great because he was 6 of 7 and 7 on 7 drills the other day? I don't know. Look, it, it's one of those we're just living a day-to-day existence, but the NFL is back tomorrow, and we have the Chiefs and the Texans. And what are we going to see tomorrow? I'll tell you the first thing, Mike Harmon. It is going to be an ugly football game. It is going to be incredibly <laughs> ugly with, without teams being able to play games and know where they stand. You have both teams trying to – everybody's trying to figure out their roster, and usually week one is rough anyway because stars don't play in the preseason. Now you've had no preseason, and half of the preseason was just conditioning. So I, I, I'm not expecting to see some kind of you know Chiefs-Rams you know, 54-51 game on Thursday night. It's going to be an ugly game tomorrow night. I, I, I'd love to see it being pretty and great, but I, I, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Uh, aesthetically pleasing, perhaps not. For fantasy owners, hey, it all counts just the same my friend, uh, yeah. as we roll through with that. Referees, curious to see where they're at in their conditioning and being able to put themselves in position to make a call. They will not have the benefit of going to the television monitor forty seven times in a game like they do in the NBA bubble. Uh that is not at their at their disposal. They're so bubble. that'll be curious. Yeah, you know the bubble the bubble is real. They're but bubble. so so we look at Mahomes and company, in the last we saw them, what, fifty one thirty one, storm back from twenty four nothing. I started banging the drum and you know I don't call for a lot of head coaching jobs, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk about them once they're vacated or once the rumors of vaca- uh, a vacated job occur. But not often do I lead and start banging the drum. Bill O'Brien, Trader Bill, as we love to know him on this show, uh, has shuffled up and dealt this roster. I just don't know that there's enough firepower. I'm curious to see which of these wide receivers emerges. People keep trying to convince me that I'm, I'm supposed to be all in on Will Fuller. I say convince me that he's going to play more than 10 games and we can get there and not partial games where he tags back out. No, no, no. (laughs) Likewise, David and Duke Johnson ain't scaring me. Look, I feel the same way.
6: Look, I've never called for Adam Gase's job here on the show. That's not what (laughs) I (laughs) do. I I do it subliminally. If we go back and listen to the first segment when you were talking about Kawhi
1: Leonard, I think you got fire Adam Gase in four times.
6: I've never said he's a horrible coach, and I'm just waiting for him to be five. Now, come on, that's not yet. Look, I, I wouldn't call myself a hero. I, I don't. I, I think that's an overused term. I'm not here. Uh, <laughs> For the game tomorrow, it, like I said, it's going to be a different kind of experience. Watching this, what what everything is going to, is up for grabs. What's it going to be like with no fans? How big is home field advantage now in the NFL? Because as we've seen in the NBA playoffs, it's a lot bigger than we expected it to be. Uh, what kind of all these things are out there? But I have to say, at the end of it, I would be stunned if the Texans. Got, he played this, it was even within a touchdown of this game. Right. Because the Chiefs, still look, look, Damian Williams opted out, so they're figuring things out running the football, but look, it's not like they got to find a guy to, to run the ball 25 times. Edwards eight. Hilaire, don't you know? <laughs> Everybody's got a tattoo of him already. Oh, sure, yeah, he's great. He hasn't played a game. He's awesome. I'm taking him for in, in the first round of my Dynasty League just because he's the running back on the Chiefs. Uh, but the, the Chiefs, look, they're a complete team. They're coming off winning the Super Bowl. The Texans are still going to try to figure things out and how. How's it going to go for Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins? That's a big question. You're trying to figure things out. They're trying to figure out their weapons. I'm going to say Kansas City 31-17, and it could be a bigger game than that. I will be surprised if they if the if the Texans finish within within single digits of the Chiefs by the time this game is over.
1: I like that you're taking the under. I'm, I'm at a 41-24. Uh, burial for the Chiefs uh, as we uh, Bayer and I got a chance to talk with uh, Jeff Schwartz uh, his brother still playing uh, dominating on the O-line Mitchell uh, and the one thing they all lamented is they really didn't get a banquet circuit this offseason so they're all lean mean and hungry for part two mm-hmm. they didn't go off and get fat and happy so I think it shows starting tomorrow
7: be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific
6: Today was a big day in college football as we are now seeing that many teams including that defending national champion LSU are going to have fans in the stands on Saturday they're going to sell up to 25% of their tickets this despite the fact we are seeing many schools in the SEC hit hard with COVID concerns joining us now on the hotline friend of the show he's covered college football college basketball anytime the last seven years something big has gone on he stops by with us you hear brass monkey you know it's Reed Forgrave, writer for the Star Tribune, GQ magazine. Who's got a brand new book coming out? We're going to get to in a second. Read, what's happening, man?
9: Uh, you know, it's twenty twenty. I think I give myself like a C plus in uh, in both parenting and in regular life. But you know, as we used to say in college, she's getting degrees, so I'm doing all right.
6: All right, very good. So, Reed Forgrave, you got to put that on your Twitter uh, uh, handle. Read Forgrave, C plus parent. C plus, C plus parent. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, that's. It's in the meaty part of the curve. It's all good. <laughs> hey, so you listen, you, you know, listen, you cover college basketball, college football, and, and, and as we saw the games last week, we've already seen a couple of games postponed this weekend. The safety in college football has been a big watchword. What do you think we're going to see when it comes to the action this year as far as teams and their plans for COVID and fans being in the stands? What do you think we're in for?
9: Just nonstop stops and starts. And I think that's going to be in professional sports, uh, including the NFL, and in college sports as well. I had a, about a month ago, I asked a friend who works in the NFL uh, what what this person thought of this season, and the answer was, I think for sure the season will start on time, and I think for sure the season will not end, uh, you know, in a 16 games season like we expect. So, look, anyone who tells you in 2020 they know what's going to happen next month, much less like next week, Is just a liar. I think it is like it is utterly, uh, utterly impossible to predict uh, what's going on in the sports arenas, or more importantly, just in the world today. Uh, This year is, I think, taking us all out of our comfort zone in a major way.
1: So, Reed, as as you talk to folks both in the college and and on the pro side of things, I mean, what's the biggest concern? I mean, obviously, there's just the largesse of COVID, but did they cite anything specific in your conversations?
9: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's continuity. I think it's, it's having a plan and sticking to it, and I don't think it's that different of a concern than, like, parents of elementary school kids, where it's like you start in this hybrid model, then you go to some Uh, you know, virtual model, and that doesn't work. I I, I think we're just in such a brave new world. Uh, You know, just, uh, you know, in America in general, this has been, I don't know, the most volatile year since 1968 or, you know, perhaps earlier than that. Uh, Like I said, everything is just so, so up in the air. And I think that's, uh, that's a concern you hear in the sports world as well, is just that we can have a plan today, but tomorrow, that plan can be completely, uh, you know, shot to hell. Whether it's because of COVID, or whether it's because of, uh, you, know, you know, very valid player protests, like we saw in the NBA a couple of weeks ago.
6: Reed Forgrave, college football, college basketball author with us here on the show. And, and when I say safety, uh, you know, it gets to, you know, it's a couple of different things now, Reed. I know that that, that comes to you. Is your new uh, book that came out this week called Love Zack Small Town Football and the Life and Death of an American Boy uh, just came out this week? And I've, I've seen some parts of it already and read some of the excerpts online. It is a tremendous story that, it, look, I saw your pin on your Twitter page. You love football, but now your relationship is complicated. Uh, Tell us about the book a little bit.
9: Yeah, so Zach Easter is the name of a a 24-year-old young man from small-town Iowa who, right before Christmas of 2015, uh, thinking correctly, it turns out, that he had CTE from playing football from third grade through high school. He committed suicide, and he did what a lot of these uh, football players uh, who think they have this brain disease do. He he shot himself in his chest because he wanted to preserve his brain for science. And it's a devastating story, obviously. It, it's a heartbreaking story. But what, what what jumped out to me immediately were, were two things. I, the first I ever heard of him was, was when I read his obituary right before Christmas uh, that year. And the, the final paragraph of his obituary was, was basically a pleading from his parents. Uh, saying Zach was a selfless person and he believes that his life had meaning and the meaning should be to help make football a safer sport so other kids, other young men, don't suffer through all the pain that he did. And the second thing that that just immediately jumped out to me, I mean, two weeks after their son killed himself, I was sitting on the, the living room floor at the Easter family household out in the cornfields of Iowa and I spent four hours there, and we're talking about these devastating things, losing your middle son, this guy who had so much potential in front of him, Uh, the worst thing that a parent can ever go through, and the mom very bluntly saying, uh, you know, football killed my kid, Uh, saying that with with no reservations, and yet, as we're talking, right behind me was the Vikings-Packers game, last game of the year instead of the 2015 season, and Myself and the other men in the room, we're all kind of sneaking looks at the game and we're also looking at our phones to check our fantasy football scores. I think America has a very complicated and nuanced view of football. Uh, And I do think this book, it's not an anti football book. It's not a pro football book. If you read this book and you're the world's biggest football fan, I think it's going to challenge your views on football. And if you read this book and you think football is evil and has no worth to American society, it will challenge your views on
1: football. Challenging views. Uh, love Zach uh, comes out this week. You can find it on Amazon, uh, amongst uh, other buying sites. Uh, give it, give it a look. See for our guy Reed Forgrave. Uh, a lot of work and obviously a lot of emotion wrapped into this. And you know how, how difficult was it? Not not only that scene, as you talk about being in in the in the house, but then having to take some of what their Imparting upon you and and having conversations with with the scientists and, and folks that are studying these type things, you know, how, where does that go in in terms of add, adding to the conflict that you're feeling?
9: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd say two things, uh, guys. And the, one is the the blessing that Zach gave his family was that he left them behind his journals. He left them behind like a 39 page typewritten autobiography where he detailed his struggles with the concussions, and he left them behind very clear instructions. Go tell my story. I think that gave the family, instead of just sticking in that that stasis of mourning, they were able to take action, and I think that has really helped them through this. In fact, I think this book has been part of that process for the family. Having a willing participant uh, with such a devastating uh, human story is invaluable to a journalist. The the more personal part of this is— You know, going through interviews with the family and and with his girlfriend and with his brothers, I I can't tell you how many times I, you know, burst into tears, whether it's on the phone or in person, while while doing interviews for this book. And some of it is just that raw emotion of what a family is going through, and some of it is looking at my own role as a father with my two sons. the four and seven. The younger one reminds me a lot of the way that Brenda Easter describes Zach for Once he was a kid, sort of reckless, sort of devious, but with the, you know an absolute heart of gold. A kid who loves everyone, but kind of throws himself in harm's way. That's my second kid. And, and as a parent, you want to protect your kids. You want to protect them from all the dangers of the world. But yet you know that you need to send them out into the world. So, So I do think that this book, using football as sort of a metaphor for life, it's more about parenting than anything. It's about like, you don't want to wrap your kids in bubble wrap, but you want to protect them from all the dangers. How do you walk that really fine line?
6: The book is Love, Zach, Small Town Football and the Life and Death of an American Boy by Reed Foregrave. You can find it on Amazon. Also get anything you want on it. Go to Reed's Twitter account, at Reed Foregrave. That is at Reed Foregrave. Reed, thanks so much for coming on, talking about this with us. We look forward to talking to you soon.
9: I miss you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. You got him. Good, man. We'll buddy. talk soon.
6: Uh, great stuff. I mean, I, I read some of the excerpts from it. There's 30 pages available online. It's enrapturing to see this story, and it is. It's polarizing. It will. Whatever you think about football, what you think about family, and how you think about people raising their families. It's it, it's that kind of book. A special thing. I'm glad we could have read on for a few minutes to talk about it again. Love yeah. Zach. Small town football and the life and death of an American boy. Uh, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Uh, We'll keep you posted on what's going on in the NBA right now. It is still a... Look, listen, the Clippers got out to a big lead tonight, and they still have the lead over Denver, but Denver is cutting into it. Make it 48-46 early in the third quarter. Clippers, of course, looking to take a three games to one lead. Denver trying to keep this a series. But coming up next, there has been some absolute insanity in one game in Major League Baseball tonight, and I'm looking at the box score, and I still can't believe it. That's coming up next right here. Fox.
7: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Clippers with the 55-51 lead over the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets were getting blown out early. They have closed the gap in a large way. Uh, We'll have more NBA coming up in about ten minutes, including more on, on the huge game tonight between the Raptors and the Celtics. But tonight in Major League Baseball, there's a game going on right now. And don't worry; it's not the Mets. They won seven six. It's a big def- season defining win for the Mets, but that doesn't matter. Middle a of the seventh
1: defining inning. win.
6: Yeah, it's it, that's what it is. But that 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 that's this shows you how important this game is and how insanely drunk this game is compared to the Mets game. Uh, in the <laughs> middle of the seventh inning, right now, the Braves lead again. Middle of the seventh inning, so the Braves are still going to bat a couple more times. The Braves lead the Marlins. 25 to 9. 25 to runs nine. in the first six innings. 25 to 9. You see Atlanta, Miami, and you see 25 9, and your first thought is wait, the Heat are playing the Hawks? Hawks are getting killed. 25 to 9. The Braves have 25 runs in the first six innings. They have four players. Falcons who- all over to, to a tongue to- to of Iloa and the. Oh no no! This would Miami be Dolphins. This would be Fitzpatrick out of the game and Tua in at this point. If it's twenty-five to nine, I mean, it would be. I right, I right, right, thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're going to give Tua some 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 run here and get him in there. Yeah, that that that's a sure. good point. Uh, the Braves have four players who have scored at least four runs. I mean, this is the kind of every time I see a game like this, I just I could look at the box score forever and look at things and see crazy-ass things. Look, Atlanta scored 11 runs in the second inning uh, to put this game away. It was it, It's just that kind of game. And, again, the Braves are still coming to bat in the seventh inning. But I, I'm going to tell you this is my favorite stat of the game, Mike, is that I, I look at this and you see the box score. Again, we're going to the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto was the guy that really bore the brunt of the damage here by the Braves. He pitched two and two-thirds innings and gave up 12 runs. Right, he was the sacrificial yeah, he guy okay, that you got to go out there. He was supposed pitch. to stop it. Right, you're the yeah. guy. But instead, okay, we're getting you're going to be out there and you're going to pitch as much as you can. In two and two-thirds innings, he gave up 12 runs. He threw 94 pitches in (laughs) two-and-two-thirds innings, okay? This year, you're throwing 30 pitches an inning for three. That's a whole game. That's when starters come out of the game, and he had to go there and throw two-and-two-thirds innings. The Marlins pitching staff has thrown 205 pitches already, 205 pitches already, 118 of them are strikes, all right, so it shows you their 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 ball strike uh, uh, strategy uh, uh, ratio is not nearly what it should be. But you look at these pitches thrown? Yamamoto ninety four in two and two thirds, and the Marlins are thrown two hundred and five pitches, and this game's going to the bottom of the seventh inning.
1: Yeah, but look on the other side. Malone can't get out of the fourth. He ha- he threw ninety pitches, yeah. giving up eight earned runs, yeah. two home runs. They well he goes three and a third, so they're at 170 pitches
6: as a team as well. Yeah, <laughs> this game coming up on what hour four at this point? Yeah, everybody's wow. hit. and look, everybody's hitting in this game. You have you have you have four players on the Braves with at least three hits. You got like I said, you got four guys with at least four runs scored. Everybody has at least a hit a run, and an RBI. And the only guy that doesn't have an RBI is Dansby Swanson, but that's okay because he's three for four with four runs scored. So everybody is doing incredible damage in this game, and it's 25-9, to and it ain't over yet. And the, the Braves are still going to be batting here in the bottom of the seventh inning. And I'm wondering at some point, the Marlins decide, you know what, Jeter's got to come in to pitch. You suck it up. You, you got to come in and pitch these last two innings and, and really help us out here.
1: This would drop the Marlins to 500 on the year, 19 and 19. But I love going through their box score uh, as you've got uh, Harrison. He's 0 for 4. He's had himself a, a, a terrible day. Monty Harrison. He's the only guy that's played the whole game for the Marlins that doesn't have a hit. Sterling Marte left (laughs) after two at-bats. So just absolute insanity and more runs scored than we'll see points in a number of NFL games this Mm. weekend.
6: Oh, the Jets are never going to score 25 points. They'll never score 25 points in the game. Never happening. (laughs) Uh, We get back into the biggest story of the night. Coming up next, keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure
7: to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
4: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
9: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
3: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
5: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they we're doing? They are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
4: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
5: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed
3: in History Class.